episode 46. We're here in Richmond um, at the rugby training ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephen Sully study. Um, as you well know, my ongoing journey and study is looking at individuals who've got the winner's mindset and seeing what they do in order to keep fit, strong, and um, keep yourself focused. I've got my guest here, Mel Dean, Irish um, rugby player. Used to play for Harlequins. I'm going to let him explain his background, but. Thank you for uh, putting me for that training session and thank you for your time. No problem. Um, good to see you. Cheers, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Um, yeah, my name is Mel Dean. Um, I was 13 years as a, a professional rugby player for Richmond here initially. That was my first contract. And uh, I was in sale when Jason Robinson came over to play a rugby union. And so there was a bit of hype up there. I was in Harlequins and I was in Connacht, which is in the west of Ireland as well, when I finished my career. Okay. But um, I'm now retired 10 years and now I train various people like Sully here and come <laughs> put them through their paces and um, I have a couple of high profile clients that everybody seems to know them but um, I'm normally the moron laughing in the background on the video oh. but um, yeah I love it I love my job and I love uh, I love putting people to the to the cross you, really. you, you definitely done that for me <laughs> earlier so um as I mentioned, Mel, before we started, um, this is like a three-part episode. Yeah. So training with you. Yes. Um, uh, background is rugby, professional level. Then I'm going to be training with a, a track athlete. So I'm going down to Crystal Palace. You probably know it. Yes. And training on the track there, and going for a training session in a podcast. And then finally, I'm going to be training uh, with British champion Bradley Skeet, and I'm going to Lovely. be sparring him, doing pads, and then going into a uh, a podcast. And the um, the, the mission behind that is to see what common traits all the athletes have. Yes. No matter whether you're a rugby player, runner, or a boxer, yes. there's always that will to win. Mm. But then what actually makes you different and what kind of training routines or sessions that you both put yourself through? Yeah. So I had a little bit of a taste earlier, and I've got to say, I was on the verge of collapsing. That's probably <laughs> because I also sparred this morning as well. Um, so just walk me through exactly what we were doing there. Um, well, today I generally put something dynamic at the start of a session when you're all fresh and have lots of energy and you should be at your most powerful, ideally. So mm -hmm. I, a dynamic element just to get your heart rate up as well. And then we do something strength-based, which would be whether it be a lower body push and an upper body pull is what we did today. And then following that superset, we did a, a lower body pull on your deadlift and then an upper body press with the... Um, with your, with your floor press, and then we did um, our prowler there, so it was a little bit of engine. So I keep the heart rate ticking over, and because uh, I like all my clients to be able to, to run, punch, lift, pull, push, just be an athlete, you know, to be able to do everything well. Yeah, my, um, my boxing trainer, and shout out to Charlie Beat from uh, uh, Light to Box, um, he always says, when you train, train for a purpose. Yes. So what that kind of means, I guess, is uh, when you're doing something, have a, have a reason behind it. Yeah. Um, so with me, it's going to be boxing. So why am I doing a certain exercise? Get more power, get more yes. agility, uh, speed, recovery, could be anything. Yes. Um, I guess in rugby, it's going to be kind of the same and some of the, some of the stuff that you put me through, there's yes. going to be a purpose behind it. Yeah, well, there's no one situation necessarily in a rugby game that's the, that can be ever be the same, whether you're hit from what angle you're hit from, whether you're over a ball, <coughs> making a tackle, trying to defend the tackle you know there's so many different aspects so your full range you have to be strong in all angles all directions and um, 
and that's what hopefully we attack that when we're in the gym you know so mm. uh yeah that's, that's what I, I aim to do anyway yeah so um i had a brief uh, conversation with you earlier so um uh, you're not from london you're from ireland yes. Where, whereabouts again um, Longford. It's the centre of Ireland. It's 75 miles from Dublin and 65 from Galway. Um, yeah, country bumpkin. I grew up there. Even though I was um, born in, in London, I was back there just at one year old and then came back to England at 13. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a traveller. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, uh, my, my granddad uh, was from, from Ireland. I went there recent, well, the last couple of years to County Mayo. Yeah. And we spoke about that. The West. Yeah. Yeah. And um, lovely people. Um, beautiful place. I, I, I really enjoyed my time over there. One thing that stands out for me about um, the Irish is their, you, hear, you probably hear this a lot, their heart. Yeah. You know, when they go into a situation, boxers, rugby players, Conor McGregor from the UFC yeah. they've all got that common thing which is heart I mean is that like a culture from your background or is it is it because um, of something why, why do you think they've got yeah, that well you would say that the Irish were always suppressed by the English yeah. basically um, and which was but that's where you went even though you, you sound you sound like a Londoner you went, went down well in the West but years ago you mightn't have gone down so well there because when England came and invaded Ireland and everyone was sent to the west of Ireland, which wasn't <coughs> a necessarily productive part of Ireland because of the, the, the ground and rocks everywhere in the ground. It's not a great place for agriculture, the west of Ireland. Even though it's so beautiful, it wasn't great to feed yourself. You understand yeah. what I mean? But So I think there's that, that dogged, we've been suppressed for so long. We, they they fight back. Yeah, you know? it's almost like a bit like the underdog yeah. kind oh, of mentality. Massively, I, of the Irish, I feel the Irish. If they're put favourites or something, pff, it's not a good thing at all. But if you yeah. put, if you say they'll never win, yeah. oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Then then you have every chance they get their backs up and they'll they'll come back at them. You know what I mean? That's that's definitely. A, I feel that's an Irish thing anyway. But when I went to Ireland from England. My friends there knew that I was I was born in England, and then oh you're you're English really you're English, but then when I came back to England at school at thirteen, people here would say you're Irish, obviously because of my accent. Yeah. Oh you're you're a Paddy this or Irish this or Irish that, and which I got in a couple of fights about, but um, if you get the name of an early riser, you can lie in bed all day. That means if someone said something to me, I would I would be aggressive. Yeah. And then people stop, don't say anything to him, you know. Yeah. So, um, and good job I don't drink because of that aggressive temper as well. But I've calmed down an awful lot, an awful lot. I'm a very nice man. <laughs> <laughs> it must be uh, to do with, uh, you know, training. And um, we were talking earlier, like I, I've, I'm, I'm thankfully um, got a few businesses myself. And yeah. um, I always say to people, when they ask me, for business advice, even though I'm not like a business like juggernaut or a tycoon yet, yes. I'm still early in my yes, st- yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm still I'm still early in my in my sort of uh, business life. Yes. What I do know is I always say to people the first thing that you need to get right before you think about any business strategy or anything like that yes. is to get healthy, and that's going to be down to your training. It's going to yes. be down to your nutrition. Sure. So you being a former uh, pro and also having your own business now because yeah. you are an ont- entrepreneur yeah. um, how important do you think it is to have nutrition and your training intact um, well that's always been my 
my thing. I trained like a professional before, long before I was a professional. And all my, all the pals, I'd have played rugby with lads that were far more skillful than me, better passers, kickers, quicker steppers, whatever their, their talent lay, they mightn't necessarily have had as much dog as I had that would refuse to be, take a backward step or would to, um, to come second best in any particular situation. I always wanted to win any confrontation, whether I was going into a tackle or making a tackle. I wanted to, I wanted to be a horrible person. To you were committed. Against. I was committed, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, if, I think if you would have played against me, you'd definitely but I know about no, you're playing against <laughs> yeah. Even actually, there was one, there was one player I played <clears throat> against, and he had, we had a mutual friend that meet, and he said, "Oh, I used to hate, I used to hate playing against Mel. I'd have to run down the channel and be like, oh no, <laughs> Mel's going to.' And he was a monster. He was like a Jonah Lomu. Every time only his name is monster of a human. I was like, shit, I'm going to tackle this savage. But I used to love it. I used to love the challenge. You know, good. Um, well, I, I feel like um, training definitely is an outlet for uh, emotion, um, yes. also a bit of you know the anger sometimes, frustration. Definitely. No matter whether you're in business, whether you, you know you, you've got a family, we're all going to come across moments where things get a little bit challenging. And I think eating the right things and training yes. regularly is going to help you uh, keep yourself level-headed. So a bit about your background, Mel. I know obviously we spoke about rugby, we spoke about yeah. you being from from Ireland and stuff, but. Where did like where did that that transition where you thought right out of school I want to become a, an athlete where did that come from? Um, well, I used to watch superstars as a youngster and say I want to be a superstar. Uh, what superstar? Superstars. What? No, oh my God, it's an old old. Oh my God, you, you have to you look that up. Right. Um, superstars used to be athletes from different areas, different sports like um, athletics. Where there'd be boxers involved. They'd be decathletes involved they'd be all like legends of their particular field would mm -hmm. compete in various um, events and obviously the runners would do better in the engine orientated stuff but it yep. was great I loved them Brian Jacks used to do all the dips and he was powerful looking and I and my mum was into fitness and my dad loved the boxing and I just wanted to be fit and strong and yeah I liked I liked I actually liked people saying be wary of him because I could I could fight and I could play yeah. and I was hard you know, yeah. as a youngster. You know, yeah. I liked, I liked that. Yeah, a little fear factor, if you know what I mean. I, you know what? As you're saying that, um, there was a Irish lad at my school called Tyrone, and um, me and him were like, he was shorter than me but stocky, had the perfect kind of rugby build. Yes. And um, very, very strong lad, stronger than me. But me and him were always at each other because we wanted to be dubbed as. The, the hardest kid in the year. Yes. And it, when you just said about you like that kind of being branded, that yes. rough, ready, kind of yeah. boisterous kind of person, in actual fact, that's what me and him used to thrive off as well. We used yeah. to want it to get the brownie points that, yeah, he's the toughest, he's the toughest, yeah. or he's done this, he's done that. And I kind of understand what, what you mean there. Like yeah. when you're kind of um, rubber stamp this, this kind of individual, you've got a certain level to live up yes. to. Definitely, that, yeah. I would 100% agree with that. And because I was overweight as a youngster, I used to eat sweets to the band playing. I mean, I was a fat little turnip. And um, gave you a good foundation, like to yeah, get strong. <laughs> but, but I was, I was honestly, I was on a bike. I'd cycle two miles to school, 
I'd cycle back at lunch, I'd cycle two miles back into school. I was running, sprinting. I used to actually, this is a bit gross, but I used to have sores on my ears here from the constant sweat that would be on my earlobes. That's how much I was always, always training, running, cycling, but I was eating a truckload of shit food too heavy by a mile and then um, I was we were training one night rugby training and something I said you fat something or another and I kind of turned around and went what and then back in the day you remember you did the old push and push and push and push and push and push he pushed me <laughs> I was in on top of him and I was like Arr! and I burst his nose and everyone was like stay away from him and that was the first time was that was then that was your revert to this is when they stay away from you, and that's yeah. when you got respect for the first time, really, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a, me on my own. Obviously, I was still only a child. I was only eight, nine, but I like Got I the like recognition. That. Yeah, I like that, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, good stuff. really maybe a good thing, but it, it was my rubber stamp of, this is me. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, many athletes, I've, I've like um, interviewed Anton, as you well know, for, um, uh, Ferdinand um, O'Hara Davis I've interviewed a guy called Robbie Lloyd-Taylor another pro boxer and I've got plenty of others that I'm, I'm about to uh, interview um, one thing I like to speak about is at the, when you was at school yes so um, how did you perform at school in regards to like grades and stuff because the reason why I'm asking this yes. is because I want to prove to the younger demographic that I think try hard at school and try and do your best yeah. I wasn't very good at school but my teachers used to say to me, if you don't get good grades, you're never going to amount to nothing. Literally used yeah. to say that. And I think that's really bad advice. And I'm just yes. curious, not that I actually know about yeah. your school grades or anything, but yeah. how was you How do you know school? about my school grades? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was, not, I was not good at school. Okay. No, and and I, I went to university, but I did the bare minimum. Okay. The absolute bare minimum to get by because that's, that wasn't what I was interested in. Although when I went towards biology and the mechanics, the biomechanics of the human, I, that's when I kind of went, hang on, I enjoy this. This is something that's me. Yeah. But oh, the all the stuff before, and my daughter, Grace, is very, very worried currently doing mock GCSEs now about, oh, I have to get this right and I have to mock GCSEs. Mock GCSEs, darling, you'll be all right. Yeah. Just, Calm. She, she won't go out. She wants to study. That's not me at all. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't. It, whatever decision you make away from whether it be studying or working, whatever decision you make, you make it the best decision because you have that mindset that this is. I'm going to make this the best I can be for. Whether I'm playing at a team that's shite initially, he's the best lad at that team. Then you go to another team. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you make the best of whatever situation you have every time. That that would be my my advice. Yeah. My girls. Anyway. Yeah. I'm 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 not one to like completely like not the government or not the school system, but I do think it needs to be upgraded slightly. And I think that sometimes when they say if you don't get good grades you're not going to yeah. really do too much or you can't get a good job I think sometimes that if you don't get good, good grades it makes you a bit more resourceful to yes. become really really excellent yeah. at something yeah. and you're clearly testament to that yes. you know you turn yourself into not just a rugby player you, you represented your, your, your country yes. you represented some of the top rugby teams um, you know out there yes. so, so on that note who did you play for? Uh, well I played for Richmond here as a first professional yep. when the money first came into um, into rugby and um, yeah there was lots of names if you old school rugby players were here very very good outfit here I played for Harlequins I played for Sale Sharks and I played for Connacht which is in the west of Ireland okay but um, yeah played with legends you know played with absolute legends 
and yeah, some top men. And because because rugby is, I, I know everyone when you play sport at a team game, everyone becomes very camaraderie wise. But rugby for me, if you saw another teammate putting themselves on the line and because it's so physical and it's so dangerous if you saw someone melt another <coughs> another, another um, opponent like destroying someone putting themselves at risk that gets respect immediate respect you know because he's doing that for the team and then he's a good lad he, he'd look after he look after us and that's what because it's yeah I know you're you say you're not going to war but you're going to war. Yeah. You're, you give it everything because you can break yourself left, right and centre in the game. But yeah. That's how... I know the inches speech from any given Sunday is a little bit um, little bit hardcore, but it is. It's the fella who's willing to die it to is. get that extra inch that is going to be successful. Yeah. And if you throw yourself into whatever it may be at, at 100%, that's when you win the collisions and you... And you prosper. Yeah. For me, anyway, that that would be. That would yeah. Be me. You said uh, something earlier about uh, committing. So, like, when you go into a tackle, you really commit. Yeah. It's a life lesson, isn't it? Because anything you do, and I know some people say it, but you've got to be in the moment and you've got to commit. Whatever you're doing, whether it's having a conversation, whether it's training, yeah. whether it's you know playing with your team, whether it's with your family, your, your, yes. your, your, your kids, you got you got to commit and you've got to be in the moment. And I remember uh, reading Sir Alex Ferguson's book and also hearing some interviews from him. And he said that when a player needs to go into a, a tackle, they really got to commit because if they half commit, yeah. they end up getting injured themselves. They've got to fully commit. 100%. And my boxing trainer says, if someone's head's here, you're not looking to hit their head, you're looking to hit back of their head. Yeah. It doesn't mean going around, it means through. Yeah. Literally punch through. Yeah. And I would imagine when you're, when you're uh, learning to take someone out, melt them, as yeah. you say, yeah. um, you're looking to go completely through that person yeah. and commit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's 100%. We'll see how I... Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I played. That is exactly how I played. Yeah. And if there's someone going to tackle me, I am going to run over the top of you and you're going to, it's going to be horrible to tackle me. <laughs> you're going to feel something hard and they're going to go like this the next time. In a cripple. Well, I don't know, <laughs> but I'd, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, that collision. That's why I still play invitation games and an odd game here for the heavies here in Richmond. There's an, there's an older team, older t- over 35s. I'm 44, and there are all these younger fellas that can step. I'm like, geez, if they step, it's hard to get them. Yeah, but run no, at wicked. me, run at me all day long. You're flat I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll tear into them because I don't have the speed at yeah. all anymore, but... It's um, if they think they can run over the top of me, I don't know. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Uh, yeah. Do you know um, going back to the Irish sort of culture, and I hear it from um, I'm a I'm a big boxing fan, and slightly you see more boxing. Yeah. But obviously, Conor McGregor is someone else. Legend. Yeah. I mean. Even if you're not into UFC or boxing, when you listen to him, even yeah. if you're in business or even yeah. if you want to be the best father or mother, you listen to that guy speak and he speaks with conviction, yes. you know, and he's committed with everything he does. Yes. And I can actually feel in his words and in your words that like when you say something, you actually mean it, yeah. which I fucking love because it gets me going. I really, and I want to go and play rugby with these guys now. <laughs> um, so yeah, going back to team members, there was a good life lesson there as well, which is identify people that are willing to go that extra mile with you. Yeah. And I think that whether you're husband, wife, business partner, investment partner, joint venture partner, or whoever, rugby uh, partner, mm. it's so important that you identify that person who's got the same mission as you. Mm. Um, would you say that's 
kind of true in other parts of your life as well, Mel? Um, yes, there's, there's, I remember seeing something on the internet about um, be with a pride that are going in your direction. And there was like lots of lions all looking that direction. And that, that, that would resonate with what you've just said there. That, um, yeah, if your people are going that direction, you're drawn along. Because when I came, I played for Wasps when I was only 16 yeah. as an underage. I was at Wasps for five years and I was around Lawrence Delalio and um, Andy Gomesell and a whole lot of England boys then when, when I was young. And that, that set me on the track. I might, not, I might not have been the most talented or the most dynamic or any of those things, but I was determined and I loved it that, and uh, you know I love the fact that that was my that was my domain when the whistle blew I that was it I'm in the moment I'm very in the moment I'm shit at planning I've got to say I'm terrible at planning things but in the here and now I, I like living in the here and now that, that was that was playing you know yeah. that was so you go on like when, when it's like it when suddenly the whistle goes, you go on like kind of instinct, like, yes. like what people say, beast mode. Yes. You literally turn into that lion, yeah. and you're and you're, you're ready to go out there yes. and attack. Love that. Yeah. yeah. What's it like? Uh, talk to me about the culture in like a dressing room rugby because I played football. I played rugby for my school, but this yeah. is many years ago. And as you well know, I'm I'm more into my boxing and yeah. boxing. Um, bit of a lonely sport because you're the only one in that yeah. ring. Of course, you've got your your corner. Of course, you've got your coach. But yeah. when you're out there, it's just you and that other person. Yeah. So maybe the the culture there is slightly different even though you're both yes. it's quite both aggressive sports yes but what's it like going back into that change, changing room uh, talk, talk to me about Harlequins of the Wasp then you're in that changing room you might be down at half time what's that like um, you go back in just self belief actually a Wasps well, and a Quins when we were going well um, you had look around you had players around you that were <coughs> like world class players and you'd be down points or whatever but you'd know that it's all to play for. You do this week in, week out. And, you know, I, and when the young lads would be coming through, I would say, and they come back and say things after years. I, which actually, you tend people say the things that re- come back to you. Like, lads at sale that were young fellas that had their first, their first professional contract and they start the first day of pre-season. One of the lads, Dean Schofield, was a legend for sale and went to France and a superb player. But as a, as a second rower, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be maybe recognised that much. But was an f- absolute grafter. And then he put on weight, but on to get bigger and stronger. And he played so well all through his career. But at the first the first morning after his first day as a professional, he sat on the bike. I remember in Total Fitness in the gym. And he, because he was six foot six, he was trying to get his leg onto the, trying to get his leg on onto the bike, and he couldn't bend, he couldn't bend his knee to get it on the bike, because he was so goose from the, the the day before, Shit. destroying himself. And I said, Scoey, you're going to be grand, you're going to be a great professional because I know you put yourself on the line immediately. You balls out the first day, and it, and only maybe five years ago after it was a. 10 year anniversary of us winning the European Championship or whatever he said to me Mel you know that on that first or first week as a professional you said to me that I was going to be grand because I knew you were I worked really hard and that stay with me stay with me forever and I was like a passing comment to a younger lad mightn't have seemed might have seemed nothing to me at the time but because I was a, a regular first teamer then he looked up to me and it, it like 
got it to his heart and he kept it and he said I'm going to be alright and you know resonated yeah all that for that to come back out years later and me not even think about what I'm saying it was a great it was a great thing to hear you know yeah even though I think I'm just a clown and, and, <laughs> and you know and have crack with the rugby lads, something stuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is the um, we were talking about like social media earlier. A bit of a paradox between promoting yourself, but sometimes you get pulled into it. I speak to all my guests about it, but um, when I look at Instagram, I try and have little hits and look at pages where it, like really inspires me. So anyone training, you know, some yeah. of the, some of the celebrities, I think it's fantastic when they're training. But then also the quotes and. Um, it said there was one I read recently which was you need to keep on doing what you're doing as a positive person because you don't realise who you're inspiring yeah. and it's true there are people out there maybe younger generation or people that have been through challenges and they're actually pulling a lot of positivity and inspiration yes. from you and what you just said there is so true there are going to be people that look up to you yes. um, as a rugby player as a professional but yeah. as just as a positive human being and I think yeah. it's, that's why it's so important to I, live, I try and live by this one thing Put out to the world what you want to receive back. Yes. And I just think it's some basic advice which I was told by someone. And if you can just remember it and remain that positive person even in your darkest days, yes. I think it's. I think you're going to get yeah. it back. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it was it was a surprise to me for him to say those things. It was like a bit choked yeah. up. I didn't realise that that would be in in someone's makeup and and I because I used to look after the, the younger lads like they were just in the team and I knew maybe they'd be pinpointed then as a maybe weakness and people would want to run over them so I'd have to do a little bit of their tackling you know what I mean but hey yeah but they they do things for me and I do things for them yeah so you know it yeah. swings and roundabouts but uh, yeah it's a great game I love that going back to the team mentality and let's just talk about rugby players and I would say rugby players and certainly the, the boxers, pro boxers I've been around, maybe UFC fighters, gone. Uh, yeah, actually, you're talking about boxing. One of the lads um, that plays here at Richmond, big, you know, 6'4", lump, did a white-collar boxing, because I was doing some pad work with one of the lads for a bit of conditioning, you know. Right. And um, he said, Mel, I do one of those white-collar boxing, you know. He said, I, I love the, the aggression, I love the confrontation. But he said, for me, it was too much of an emotional roller coaster. He said, with the team, with a team game like rugby, you can go back, you're all right, yeah, you're all right. We, what are we gonna do? We're gonna do more of this, less of that, get up in the line and you chat about it and you're, you're grand. But he said, I had the fight, three rounds, three, three two minute rounds. He said, I was destroyed. I went out, finished it. There was still fights going on. I phoned my mom and mom said, are you all right? He said, yeah, yeah, mom, I'm okay. And then he put the phone down to his mom and he went, <laughs> he, said, he said he cried for about two minutes. He's like, <laughs> which, you know, the emotional. Yeah. Because it's, it's so instinctive, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, I'm surviving. Yeah, I'm it surviving. is survival. Yeah. Because I've got, I've, I've got to be honest. I mean, you know, when you're in the heat, the moment of a fight. Yeah. You, you, it will play through your mind that that person is not pulling their punches they're, they're there to really hurt you yeah. they're there to try and put you down really yes. and if they can put you down they're going to really really hurt you and yes. you know because that's coming at you you've got to kind of fight fire with fire yes. it's the only way to do it that's very um, true very true and you've got to have that attitude for it and I think if you're competing in no matter what profession whether it's um, rugby football boxing whatever you've got to have that attitude which is I'm on stage now, I'm in the ring, I'm on the pitch, I've got to perform and I've got to give it everything I've got. Yes. I've got to be committed again. Yeah. And uh, speaking about commitment, I've got to mention it, guys are out of camera now, but 
men, females in the background training at a rugby, uh, this rugby sports centre, and um, one of the ladies is pregnant, and it's cracking on. I mean, it's, it's it's amazing to see, and that is testament to the fact that when you've got the right attitude and you want to achieve, nothing will get in your way, not even pregnancy, which I love. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, so, um, you mentioned something earlier about uh, rugby getting, uh, when the money started coming into it. Yes, that's the first professionalism, yes. Yeah, um, I was speaking to Anton, who was just on my podcast about uh, money in, in, in football. Um, I don't know the difference as far as like, money's concerned, like with rugby and football, is there a big difference? Massive in? Is difference, it? yes. Absolutely savage difference. And it, was there ever, ever like a thing like where people used to talk about in rugby, thinking how come we don't get maybe as much, or was it never no, really spoken uh, about? Yeah, it was spoken about, obviously it's so popular football all over the world. Now rugby is, is fairly popular, but it's still exorbitant amounts of money for the footballers, you know. Um, and if you watch like some of the games as a completely impartial person, as a rugby player, and then a, a footballer, you say, geez, these lads need to get paid a bit more if they're munching into each other all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, because it's more, I would, I would personally say it's more dangerous and yes. more life-threatening. Yes, but 100%. you get paid less for it. Yes, you do. And it's it's, it's yeah. a bit of a crazy thing to think about. Yes. But in some ways, and I want to float this towards you, like if you're getting paid more money and it's kind of easy come, easy go almost, and you're getting paid still well as a rugby player. Yeah surely actually it might serve you better because you kind of have to think about your future about how to invest it properly and part of my podcast i want to i want to educate people who are in school currently people coming out of school for the first time about uh, financial education because not enough of it is, is, is given i mean I, I wasn't given financial education and it's quite easy that when you start earning even a bit of money just to yeah. spunk it on things that you don't yeah. really need to spend it on. So I think Very it's so true. important to get that education and that mindset from an early well, age. Are you thinking about spunking money on like Air Jordans? Is that what you're thinking about spunking money on? Honestly, if I showed you my wardrobe, I've got so many bloody fuckers in there and I just don't wear hardly any of them. But um, I thought this was a special occasion. They are so snazzy, I thought, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, is it something that when you was when you were playing, thinking about you know, what 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 like you're going to make that transition from being a, a pro and making yes. your money there, but now now afterlife, did yes. you ever think about like um, financial planning and that kind of stuff? At the time, no. The, the, a couple of fellas had um, investment schemes and things like that, but not really. You just wanted to play your rugby at the time, and obviously, my granny used to say, "Youth is wasted on the young." And that is so true because if if I knew back then what I know now, you'd definitely put more time into your after rugby. Yeah. You know, your after your career. Um, but luckily, I fell on my feet by. I stayed in contact with all the people who were here at Richmond and were, became friends when I was playing here. And then when I went all the years that I played away and then came back, they said we could we have you as a, um, a strength and conditioner here because that's what I was angling towards. I was, I was either going to be a publican, yeah. my dad manages pubs, or yeah. I was going to um, go into the fitness and train people, and so I went for the more healthy lifestyle, like you, like you mentioned before. Yeah, good so, man. Um, and because I trained people as a, as a youngster, at 14 I trained, because the people would see me training all the time, and they said, we, my daughter's going to be in the police cadets, can you train her, because she has to pass the test for the, the cadets and whatnot. So it started at 14, training people. And um, I've been doing it ever since, really. Even though I was a professional player, I love training. Yeah. 
even when it was the pre-season you're meant to have like six weeks off or I'd have a week off and then back in the gym yeah back enjoying lifting you know that was a that's that's my thing yeah good stuff yeah. so um, I got to meet you uh, via um, Rio Rio yes. Ferdinand and I obviously know Anton he was on my podcast and we were chatting about all kinds of stuff about his career mindset winning finances to do with like the reason why I touched on finances is because he says that the uh, football hasn't been given uh, the players haven't been given enough financial education and he wants to change that later on yes. which I think is a great goal to have yeah um, but Rio obviously made that transition from being a, a football star into well he's got loads of stuff going on but like yes. being, a, being a football pundit for like uh, yes. BT Sports was that ever a, a thing that you're going to go into like rugby being a pundit um, on, on no TV? I maybe wasn't high profile enough for that malarkey but uh, no I did a few bits on radio and but uh, no, I'm not, not a pundit. But I, I do enjoy seeing the boys go well on there, and you know, send them a send them a text message, trying to mess them up. But <laughs> but um, it's all good to see the people doing well post rugby, you know. Yeah. So you're uh, you're you're training people now, like the likes of Rio. Who who, yes. who else would you uh, say some of your favourite clients who are push themselves to the limits? Kirsty, I train Kirsty Gallagher. She um, everyone seems to like my posts of her. Yeah. Um, I've trained a lot of people along the way. Everyone likes to. I, I trained Chris Emsworth a few times. Cool. Um, actually, Nick Frost is is only just started training with me, but uh, he's great. He's very funny. You have to. It's tough. I want. I always want to be the funniest person in the room, but it's tough when he's there. <laughs> I've got to say because he is funny. I asked him to get a, a heart rate monitor in case I was pushing him over the edge during a session. You know, I want to keep him. In the parameters of he's recovering enough, but I'm pushing him, but I'm not absolutely destroying him. And um, he had the heart rate monitor on the first session. He had it, and I said, uh, "Nick, can you tell me tell me what you're reading at the moment?" And he went, "Surely four figures isn't right." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, geez, I didn't want to kill a fucking client. That would be a disaster. You would nearly, cool, nearly fucking kill me earlier. <laughs> Um, Make well, sure you yeah. only get the good bits on the video, all right? I've got to look, look, look my best. Don't worry. You did well. You did very well. You did very well. Don't yeah, worry good. about that at all. I'll definitely be back here, though, and uh, have some of that. I'm tr- yeah. I want to um, fight maybe in September, October. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, um, I haven't fought in since 2013. So I'd like to, I'd like to have another couple, couple of goes at it before I hang up the gloves. So nice. um, I'll be definitely back down there oh, and uh, push, to pushing it. that bloody that, <laughs> uh, the, the slay up again. And down. Yeah. And push Horror, horrible, horrible, mate. Down and ups are miserable. I, I tasted blood. Did you I, really? I felt like I did. So, um, <laughs> apart from training yourself, training clients, what else you get up to in your spare time? Um, see, I do a lot of work. If I'm honest, I train a lot. I like to walk my dog, Ruby. She's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. She's great fun. Um, and my girls, my daughters are amazing. Um, are legends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I generally try to embarrass them at every opportunity. I think it's a it's every father's rite of passage, isn't it? You've got to do it. And a couple of clients, clients are, have a few nice cars and they lend me the cars. And I remember one of them has an I-8. And I said to Gracie, Gracie, I'm dropping you off, darling. She's like, yeah, dad. I said, Gracie, put down the window there, darling. We'll put the music up. And she's like, dad, drop me off. <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to, um, to make her a bit embarrassed, I love her. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. And travel, travel a bit. Um, Did you ever travel with, with rugby? Rugby, yeah. I was in New Zealand and France and Italy and all that kind of stuff. But when I get currently the Dubai Sevens, I go to most years. I was in for the 
for the legends, uh, Irish legends, 15 in Bermuda. There's a classics tournament in Bermuda every year. What a crack that was. Um, so the rugby still gets me places, yeah. you know, which is terrific. Uh, I know the Irish are tough people, but bar the Irish, who would you say are really, really tough? Because you must have played against them all. So um, obviously the All Blacks, I, when, I, yeah. when, I, when I look them on TV and I think, fuck, they, they look a bit scary. Yeah. Um, who would you say is up there with some of the toughest, roughest, biggest attitude players that you've ever come across? Attitude, I don't know. I wouldn't say attitude would be an issue, but there was a, a winger from New Zealand that was called Vaiga Twigamala, and they used to call him Inga the Winger. And he was Climb. the original Lomo, if you know what I mean. He was a Samoan runaway train. Oh my God. If you took a pass in the game, if he was playing at 12 opposite me, me, little me, against this 18 stone Samoan. Powerhouse. Oh my God. But he'd go like, if he took a pass and he did this, it's all right, he's going to pass. Take the pass like this. He's going he's to release it. As soon as he looks, he lets it go. He never, some players would take it, take it on and then let it go. He would do this and pass, or he would do this and do this. And, and if he lock. looks at you and you go, oh, the Jesus, <laughs> he's coming. And you just, you couldn't go high on him at all. You see stars, you just go down on his shins and he'd go over, because he can't bump you then. And he, then you, you'd be a speed bump basically for him. But he was a powerhouse. I saw stars every time I hit him. So but he I wasn't was... as heavy as I, I, I ended up being, but that's when I was a young, professional I used to hit him with everything I had and I just like boing and bounce off and he was, he was won't a, move oh, and then um, we spoke earlier about injuries and stuff I'm always yes. quite fascinated to hear about them because I speak to boxers all the time about yes. their ones and but they're almost quite the obvious ones yes but with rugby you can get hit yeah. everywhere yes so what kind of things have you been through um, what's your most severe stuff that you've gone through broken dislocated Broken, um, broken, yeah, cauliflower ear, back, protruding disc, that was shaved. Um, otherwise, I've been very lucky, yeah. very lucky. I was actually, that would be a boxing uh, element to it. I was knocked out three games on the trot. Christ. And the last one I was out for like seven minutes. And, um, but when they tested my hydration levels after that and stopped the chiropractor hypermobilizing me because I would fire myself into a tackle after being mobilized and, and it just shut me down. Yeah. And I'd be like on the but I went to see Professor Hamlin, who was the doctor who looked after Michael Watson when Michael Watson had the brain injury. Funnily enough I'm I'm very close about getting him on my podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, for, he for was very good. He was very good. He I'd had brain scans and he looked after me and he said, actually he said one time, he said, I went to one, a fundraiser for Michael Watson and he said, and the fundraiser was for someone to pick the best knockout of the, and he said, we're going to a fundraiser about a fellow who was knocked out, trauma to his brain, and that's part of the, the competition that's mm. on the night. He said, it's a, it was a strange one, but mm. he, was, um, he was a very good um, surgeon, doctor. Yeah, so I uh, was in good hands, you know. It's good. It must be a given, you know, like especially, especially a, a sport like that, you, you're gonna get injured. Yes. You must see p people all the time. I mean, what, have you seen, have you, you must have seen some really horrible uh, injuries. A couple of breaks, dislocation shoulders, knees. Um, yeah. The pain, if when you hear a squeal like that, then you go, oh, yeah. don't like to hear that. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, but that's what the conditioning is about, really. Yeah. I know there's some of the soft tissue injuries you can't stop, or if your foot's placed somewhere and you're hit from a bad angle. But generally, that's why you're you're trying to be strong. You're trying yeah. to be able to absorb damage. Yeah. Absorb compact trauma. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting melted. Even if you're over a ball, what's happening a lot now is lads are trying to pinch a ball and people are coming in and destroying shoulders. So yeah. it's a it's a choice of whether do am I gonna be able to pinch the ball or am I just gonna leave it and be in the game. Yeah. It's, it's this I think it's gonna go like that a lot. Yeah. But um yeah, that's the nature of the game. What well, uh, I know this is gonna be a bit of a broad question but what makes like almost not perfect but an ideal rugby player what would you say like the top three components are a Samoan would be your first one <laughs> <laughs> well they actually have thicker skulls they really? have thicker skulls they're, they're built for rugby they are built and they're, they're munching people and they, they actually they, when they score or whatever it's like yeah he scored but you got smashed they don't, they're not interested in the try so much as in they all want, the Samoan they want lads. you to be hurt yeah Oh, you got smashed. You know, they, they love that, though. <laughs> Boom. Um, well, a perfect rugby player would have to be cool under pressure, powerful, and aggressive. Nice. Yeah, attitude for it. So yeah. just a couple more things then, Mel. So um, five, ten years from now, obviously you're building up your business here, your clientele. What, what, are, what are your goals and your vision for the future? Yeah, that's my thing. I'm actually in the middle of that. What do I do for um, the next step? Do I get a gym of my own? Do I, or do I go online and program people? But I like to actually see people. That's my thing. I like to really see how you move. I could, when you were lifting there, you can squat well. I could, I could ram the squats into you. Deadlift well, just a little bit posturally. I'd, I'd pull your shoulders back. I'd be always hammering at you for your shoulders to be back yeah. if I was training you regularly. But I don't get to see that. If someone says to me, can you send me a program? What does Rio do? What does yeah. Kirsty do? Can you send me a generic program? And uh, I, I kind of want to see your, like nearly like a functional movement test yeah. in the first session. And then we go from there. Yeah. I, um, and I don't know how I could really do that unless people send me videos of various lifts and whatnot. Yeah. Maybe that's the way forward. I don't know, but I, that is that is a work in progress. Literally, currently, I've been asking people, what would my unique selling point be to you? And what would you say? And they say, oh, well, it's you nearly nail us, but we're, we're enjoying it, but the session goes quickly. But uh, I said, how do I put that down on an app? Mm. I can't say that on an app. He's, I nearly bollocks him, but I don't. They're destroyed, but they're not. <laughs> you know, I, how do I quantify that? Yeah. It's, it's not a a tangible thing for me to grab a hold of to say this is what I do for somebody but I have good results if you look at people that I train they're athletes after a period of time being with me they have a good base um, I, I don't know what I'd be able to say I don't know what that's what I'm trying to figure out currently yeah. and I'm going to see actually a few people in the next couple of weeks for that maybe it's like um, identifying who your demographic yes. you actually really yes. want to pin down because yeah. you can you can train you could train anybody and get yes. them really really fit, but maybe you want to target a specific audience. Yes, I'll give you an example. We um, I've got a property company with my missus, yeah, and we do HMOs, which is called House of Multiple Occupation. So we yeah. buy a house, bit rundown, do it up. We put en suites in every single room, 
and we um, our vision is to let them to a professional demographic so that would be doctors nurses yeah. that would be accountants that would be people that might be I don't know uh, small businesses and that kind of stuff yeah and my mentor said who was Rob Moore who actually got a podcast as well and a big property company he said get very clear on the type of tenant or demographic you're looking yeah. you're looking to get your rooms to yeah, so then I started thinking, okay, that makes complete sense. And every every other kind of thing I've gone into if is you, to be clear about your demographic yeah. who you're trying to pitch. So I don't know if that yeah, actually no, helps. No, I hear you. No, I hear you. And what you've done with Rio, I mean, he was obviously a, an athlete anyway, but yes. he went from a very slender kind of individual to this fucking lump. I mean, yeah. he ain't far off Anthony Joshua now. <laughs> he's a, he, well, he's 103 kgs and started at 83. So, wow. Yeah. Incredible. But he's got terrific genes. Yeah. His dad. Have you met his dad? I have. Yeah. We watched the Anthony Joshua, uh, Anthony Joshua fight against Parker. Did you? Yeah. Together. Well, if yeah. you see the dad, you see, you look at Rio when he's doing curls, whatever. His dad is the same arms as yeah. him because, but he's shorter than Rio, so he looks powerful. Like he's 62, and he would do four sets of ten chins. Tell me how many 62-year-olds would do four sets of ten chins? Yeah. None. 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 Yeah. I mean, he would be... So his real genetics are exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to round this off then, so any bit of advice that you give anyone to who are who's getting into rugby for the first time or maybe want, wants to be an athlete? Wants to be an athlete. Even if you're a rugby player, I'd want them to be an athlete first. I'd like to be able to do a run, balls of the feet, no heel striking. I, it's funny when we do drills with people here, and I, I ask them to do some skips, a skips, like a like a, like an athlete would do, and they're running. Then they jog back on their heels, and I said, just tell me how many races do you think are won by people running on their heels? And they go none. Yeah. Oh, so why are you running on your heels? Yeah. You know, just simple things like that. And they say, well, nobody ever told me that. The simple movement literacy from this size, if you can get Kitty Winkles to run better, they're going to be better footballer, rugby players, boxers, all of that, because that's how you're meant to be. Yeah. You know, movement literacy, I would like to be able to be yep. elevated by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what's your best moment of maybe, it doesn't have to be your career throughout your life, what do you think one of the best moments you, that you've had so far? Career best moment? Mm. Jesus, that's a toughie. Best moment, maybe meeting my daughter for the first time. Grace, smelling my daughter. That smell, yeah. when I smelled my daughter for the first time, I knew that I was an animal because it went <laughs> into my soul and I said, and it said, protect at all costs. You die for them then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, that's why, that's why the humans have done so well because everything else you will protect everyone I murder everybody to make her yeah. be okay you know that that's an animal <laughs> that is an animal it's in there and I had I smelled that I was like it was unbelievable and then I drove away I remember going training the first time after that and then I I played um, Stevie Wonder isn't she lovely which is actually about his daughter it's, it was written about yeah. isn't she lovely yeah. isn't she wonderful I can't believe what God has done through life through love he's given life to one isn't she lovely made from love I was like <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah that that's that's, a, that's an amazing moment and on the flip side maybe some of your most challenges uh, moments throughout your career or life or whatever um, what would be my most challenging oh Jesus rugby injuries when you're down 
and you think, I, I don't know if I'm going to be all right. Is that as bad as it is? Like the head injuries, I got knocked out so many times. Are you going to be able to continue playing? Oh Jesus, how am I going to earn money? How am I? What am I going to do? I haven't done enough in the background to be able to stop now. You know that kind of that worry is massive, especially when you have a child or dependence. When it's just you, you get by. Yeah. When you have a dependent. I think that when you have a child, you're just having your new dad. For me, there's an extra 35%, 40% of me for everything. Yeah, you have to get up at five in the morning. Yeah. I, was at Rio, I was up at 10 past four, no, 10 to four this morning to be at Rio's for five. I was like, whatever, I gotta earn. That's to get up, go, work, graft. Do whatever it takes. Yeah, do whatever it takes. Wicked. Very much. Um, I always leave my podcast with my catchphrase, which is be happy, never content. I've explained it so many times on my podcast, but rather than me explain it, if I were to say that to you, what is your interpretation of be happy, never content? You're, you're always a work in progress. You can add to what you are, always. Be happy with how you are currently, but add to it. Put more strings to your bow. That's how I would interpret what you said. Good man. Mel? Nice one, bro. Nice one. Thanks thank you very much, today. and thank you for having me. No we're at Richmond. We're at the a live training ground. We've got planes flying over us. We've got Mimbosa capturing the moment. Training. It's been amazing. Thank you yeah. very much. Thanks for coming. God bless.